Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Welcome to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is Brandon. And Katie Gordon. Katie, normally I ask you at the beginning of every podcast, since the beginning of our podcast, how are you doing today? And today, I I just can't bring myself to do it because I don't think, I, I think I speak for us both when I say we're a little bit frustrated, we're not feeling great. And that's kind of been a theme lately. Last week we talked about suicide, and this week we're going to actually tackle another uh pretty pressing issue and i know these episodes are maybe a little off brand of kind of the usual light-hearted jedi council fun that you've come to know and expect but ultimately these things that we're talking about have pretty serious and profound impacts on mental health and at at our core we're mental health folks um so so thanks for bearing with us as we dig into some of these a little bit um i mean they're not light-hearted issues right. or they're not light-hearted yeah. topics like we traditionally have stuck to so i just want to start with that yeah i appreciate you saying that and and what we're really concerned about along with many many other people in the field and outside of the field is the zero tolerance policy at the border which is leading to separations of parents and children who are some seeking asylum and otherwise crossing the border um, at the mexican border Mm -hmm. into the united states and there's been a lot of media coverage. I'm thankful to the journalists who are doing this so that people mm-hmm. are aware of what's going on. But parents separated from children, children being held in facilities that look like, I mean, they look like cages. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's really hard to think about much else mm-hmm. when you're thinking about that. There was some audio released, I believe, mm-hmm. by ProPublica of children hearing them just cry and and one of their parents and so i've been grateful that several organizations within mental health and within psychology have spoken out in their areas of expertise about the type of damage it does to take a child from a parent i don't think you have to be an expert to understand what that's like we were all children at some point Um, those of us who have children you can imagine just how frightening and painful that is and indeed there are a lot of mental health implications and so what we wanted to talk about is is dealing with that give some suggestions and links to resources and also some actions that can help the news is moving quickly on this as of now i heard that the president is going to sign an executive order to stop this practice but i don't think it's really clear exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. does that mean that families are going to be reunited it it's unclear what's going on and so it's hard for us to talk about the most up-to-date information but we will focus on the major issue at hand yeah absolutely so uh we do have a blog post that we put out that uh, compiles some of the main statements from some of the big organizations that are related to psychology or mental health it also outlines really quickly some of the research that describes the impact uh about 
what the separation can have. And then it has some really quick ways that you can take action too. So I think, uh, where do we want to start with this? Well, one thing that I'll mention by name, and, and we'll link this in the show notes, and we tweeted this out and turned it on Facebook, is one of the clearest resources for me that I would recommend if you're going to read or listen to anything is this podcast. It's a Circle of Willis podcast. It's about, it's Boston Clinical Psychology professor, Jim Cohn, I think that's how his last mm-hmm. name is pronounced. And what he did is for his podcast, which he says explicitly in the beginning, is usually it's not a political podcast, but he felt really moved to dedicate an episode interviewing developmental scientists. He interviews five of them in this episode, this most recent episode, about the likely impact of children being separated from their parents at the border at a neurological level, at a psychological and emotional level. So I, I recommend listening to that. I think that that covers us well. He also wrote a piece for the Washington Post that go, that covers some of the same content that, that's also very good. In addition to that, because there were numerous good statements mm-hmm. from organizations ranging from the American Psychological Association to the American Academy of Pediatrics, that we would pick one, although, you know, check out any of them, but um, maybe, Brandon, if you don't mind reading the American Psychological Association statement, because that, I think, sums up the main points here. Absolutely. So, uh, the administration's policy of separating children from their families as they attempt to cross into the United States without documentation is not only needless and cruel, it threatens the mental and physical health of both the children and their caregivers. Psychological research shows that immigrants experience unique stressors related to the conditions that led them to flee their home countries in the first place. The longer that children and parents are separated, the greater the reported symptoms of anxiety and depression for the children. Negative outcomes for children include psychological distress, academic difficulties, and disruptions in their development. The American Psychological Association calls on the administration to rescind this policy and keep immigrant families intact. We support practical, humane immigration policies policies that consider the needs of immigrants and particularly immigrant families. We must adopt policies that take into account what we know about the harmful long-term psychological effects of separation of on children and their families. Sorry about that. This is not an acceptable policy to counter unlawful immigration. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, please, yeah. So, so I, maybe actually, if you don't mind, I might take a sidestep into kind of a personal story. So yes. this was at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, Katie. I think it was one of the first kind of public statements put out from any of the mental health psychology organizations. At least the one of the yeah, first. Yeah, I think I saw. you're right. And I I shared this on my own personal Facebook page, as folks who follow me on Facebook or Twitter probably see. And I was actually pretty disheartened by some of the response that I got. Um, some people saying, you know, hey, this is the law. We're just following the law. And I think that's a common thing that I've seen online on Twitter and elsewhere. And other people just saying, yeah, you know, that's bad. But and then following up with something else, some other, you know, why did they come here? Or why would they make that choice? And there's certainly a lot to unpack and a lot of misinformation and all of that stuff. And that would be a full podcast worth and, and probably better covered by other professionals. But really what I took away from it uh, right away was my own mental health took a, a little bit of a hit, or at least my mood, if I can speak more in the moment. Uh, it really didn't feel good to me that I had to defend the position that children shouldn't be treated in this way or that there are harmful mental health effects on children who are separated from their caregivers 
to people who I consider friends or, or who are family or loved ones. So that was particularly problematic for me. And, and uh, you know, it's actually kind of carried on through today. And I've really appreciated some of the support that I've got on Twitter from people who are kind of said, yeah, you know, this is hard take a mental health break. And, well, I'm going to illuminate some of my own poor mental health practices. I did deactivate my Facebook last night, reactivated it almost first thing when I woke up so I could reengage with some of these ideas that I don't agree with. Um, but I guess the main point that I want to kind of send home and kind of sharing that is, is that if, like me, you're running into people who are justifying this decision, um, which is incredibly harmful, and, and just the fact that this is happening is really upsetting to me, but the fact that people I know can justify it for any reason is, is, is also very problematic to me. If you're running into that, make sure that you're taking care of yourself too. Uh, and, and disconnecting from online or reaching out to people who share your values and can support you um, however you, you can best be supported or however you best feel supported. So, I, I think I'm glad you said that because I think that's key to sustaining actions that oppose this policy. I think that, and we'll talk about some specific actions, for example, but if you're not kind of walking the line. For example, I think one of the things that a lot of people, myself included, struggle with is who am I going to argue with and who am I not going to argue with? Is it possible we're going to have a conversation and get to a different place? Is this going to be useful? Is this going to get into character text? It's hard to decide what that is. But ultimately, the key is to, to stop this harmful policy and stop parents and children from being separated. And if you're um, debating with people... Um, extensively or kind of being exposed to a lot of things that are interfering with your own mood and your ability to do that, it's just, it's not going to help anyone. You'll, you'll feel worse and it's not going to gain any traction in terms of overturning this harmful policy. And so I, I think these are, you know, Brent and I are not experts in this area, mm. but we're, we were hoping sharing some of our personal experiences might um, normalize or at least have connect with some people because I think I've benefited from hearing other people talk about how they navigate this stuff and what they do and, and how they work to try to promote justice and things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's it's not easy, but <clears throat> just speaking from my own values, it, it is important to try to challenge these hurtful ideas when you do see them, mm -hmm. but it certainly, it, it does get exhausting sometimes, um, especially when you're talking to, you know, friends or family. So I, I think it is important to just get, get the support when you need it and take a break when you need it too, because otherwise, like Katie pointed out, there, there's no way you can sustain uh, at that kind of level of intensity for any extended period of time. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do that. And I think, you know, from hearing people who, frankly, do a lot more than me that are, you know, protesting, organizing, and on the ground and things like that. A lot of the time, listening to them is inspiring, but it's like they all talk about what they do to keep themselves renewed and focused so that they can keep on pushing on these things. And so uh, it's helpful to hear people say that. One of the things, taking action is helpful, and I think that you know, if you're going to dedicate a certain amount of time, and, and people have different ways that they contribute to this. I think that um, that can be helpful as well to feel like you're you're doing something, and that can be motivating to keep pushing along and and help with this cause. Because, for example, as I already mentioned to Brandon, I I couldn't sleep last night. I mean, the some of the the news coverage and 
hearing the recording of children that distressed was extremely disturbing to me uh, at a visceral level. And so one thing I try to do is just put together some resources to try to figure out how to do some small part in this. But um, it, it can feel pretty helpless yeah. in these situations. Absolutely. So <clears throat> really kind of the, the point of, of today's episode was to, to highlight the blog post, some of the resources, uh, some of the ways to take action, um, which, you know, things like getting in touch with uh, your representatives in Congress, telling them you want to uh, pass legislation that stops this policy. And, and depending on kind of what's going on today, I'm, things are happening fast, kind of real time. So by the time this episode rolls out, maybe things will have changed. And, and one comment I'll make on that is I have been fairly regularly calling my representatives um, in recent in the recent year plus and I I don't like talking on the phone very much and mm -hmm. it's a little nerve-wracking to call but there are some really good resources one that you can link to from our blog post five calls mm -hmm. um, indivisible is another one and they have sample scripts so they give you the number they give you an example of exactly what you can say and then they record that and it, I mean, I, it does it does push some people when they get a lot of calls about mm -hmm. this stuff. I mean, I think I think this made some difference with regard to um, discussion of healthcare in the past, and and you know the staffers are pretty polite, mm -hmm. and you know they record that you said that, and then they they relay it to your representatives, and they should at least know how you feel, and then they sometimes respond, though it takes a while. And I don't know the difference in impact between calling and writing. I write to my representatives once a week. And I don't hear back every week. It seems like they kind of catch up in batches. Maybe you know more about the impact between calling or writing. The only thing, according to five calls, it's run by, I think, former congressional staffers. And they said the phone calls matter the most. Okay. But I don't know how true that is. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I think that when people do faxes and other stuff like that, sure. I mean, I've, I've sometimes emailed and, mm -hmm. and sometimes that's had an effect. So... Letting them know, I think, is the key. Um, calling is is quick, but I, Absolutely. I don't know. And and to be clear, it, it it's for, I also try to call and follow up when they have. So, for example, one of my senators signed on to the Keeping the Families Together Act, which would end this policy. And I called again to thank her for doing that because I think it's important also to follow up in that. And then I called yeah. my other senator who didn't sign on to say, no, I still want you to do yeah. that. So, um that's one thing. Another thing is you can donate. There are different organizations. One that seems to be particularly helpful and has received a number of donations, which to me is very heartwarming, is the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services, or RACES, and it the money goes directly to helping reunite families through education and legal services that are afforded to them. So that's another place, even if it's a small one. I've heard of some people also... Uh, donating money to the ACLU. Mm -hmm. um, voting, of course, that's that's the 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 main way that you can get involved. Vote in the midterm elections that are coming up. Uh, if you oppose these things that are happening, vote against the uh, candidates that are for them. Vote for the people that are consistent with your values. Um, midterm voting turnout is pretty abysmally low, so uh, please vote. It it's really, I mean, most everyone I think has voted. It's not that hard. Um, I am away at college technically still, so I vote uh, via uh, absentee ballot from my home um, area where it was. So it, it's it's pretty straightforward. Just vote. Uh, 
There are another organization, Families Belong Together. They're organizing a protest. I believe it's June 30th in Washington, D.C. I hope that's accurate. Um, but they also have, you can look it up, there are some local things that are going on. They have rallies and suggested actions. And if you click on their website, that can help you too. And also, as Brandon said, help you connect with people who are uniting to push on the same goal. And that, to me, is often inspirational when I'm connecting with people who are doing really hard organizing work and admiring them. And um, it, it really, I find that helpful and, and it definitely pushes me to do more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then just getting informed and spreading the word to others. Um, there is quite a bit of misinformation kind of going around about this whole situation. Um, you know, I, I try not, I, we've tried pretty hard not to get too political on the show, but even just from the own administration, like so far we've heard that the policy doesn't exist or that it cannot be fixed by anyone but Congress or that it's just a law that has to be enforced. So even just from what should be the, the people who know or are in the know, we've gotten pretty mixed messaging even from them, not to mention the various other uh, sources from which information can come. So just digging in and figuring out what's really going on here and trying to relay the accurate information to the best of your ability. You know, and as you were saying about not getting political, but, you know, there have been people across the political spectrum who are against this practice of, of separating parents and children. I mean, it polls differently depending on what you're <laughs> looking at. But this is this is something that specifically, I think, well, a lot of people are rightfully terrified to think about infants or toddlers being taken from their parents and how long-lasting the effects mm -hmm. are on that. I mean, that's a, a primary need mm -hmm. as a child, to be with your caregiver. Absolutely. And a secure place, and and that that's clear. So that research is all there. Um, but, you know, again, you don't even have to know the research. Most of us have enough, can imagine, if oh, we can yeah. empathize with these individuals and have some compassion for them, we can imagine how terrible it would be to be in their position. Absolutely. So if any of that is helpful uh you can read more about it in the blog post where we've kind of outlined it and feel free to reach out if you just need someone in your corner because you feel like you just need some support uh be it emotional or you're challenging these ideas or whatever um yeah we're around so and i am so grateful for the people who have been doing the hard work and pushing against this policy i mean i think that it's really great to see people speaking out and trying to get things done and and for the people in Congress who are trying to get legislation drafted mm -hmm. and and reverse this I, I really appreciate that so this is these episodes where we're basically just talking or a yeah. little um, I'm less comfortable with them because I'm more used to a structured type of thing but this issue is on all of our minds and it yeah. it's really hard to think about talking about something else right now oh yeah absolutely so uh, we hope that it's helpful. We hope that you're all doing okay. And we hope for some change in the way that these children are, are being treated uh, right now. So with that, uh, any other closing thoughts, Katie? All right, that sounds good. She, sh shook, she shook her head, head uh, in this audio-only medium. Uh, <laughs> I tend to do that. That's all right. I tend to do it too. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming very soon. And uh, keep taking care of yourselves and taking care of each other.
Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council Podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council Podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.